0: In the darkness is the light. Out of the shadows
1: of my life In the darkness is the, light. the
0: Welcome once more day to, day day. to the So Weird Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach.
1: Yeah,
2: Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat.
0: And tonight we are talking about another episode of So Weird, as we always are. It's uh, Season 2, Episode 22, Vampire. What's everybody's thoughts on this one?
2: There's so much room for a prequel flashback episode Mm. to spin off of this one. Um, And I
0: love it. Yeah, I suppose that is uh, possible.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fan.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: So does everybody else here like this one? Am I the odd man out? (laughs)
3: Uh, I think the vampires are some of the most boring vampires ever portrayed on television, Uh, but I don't hate this episode. It's just kind of the middle-of-the-road episode for me.
0: Yeah, they don't really do any of the cool vampire stuff. They don't drink blood or turn into bats or hypnotize people.
3: Yeah,
2: (laughs) But on the plus side, we get a lot of nerdy Jack in this episode, and Jack is my favorite, and this episode is one of the reasons why. Chivalrous, he's nerdy, and it's adorable. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you do get a lot of that, and there is some neat Fiona sleuthing, though not so much sticking her nose into abandoned buildings or places like that, just a lot of sneaking around on the internet. Um, I've told this to the group off mic, uh, this is probably my least favorite Fiona episode, and re-watching it just now, I gotta say, I um, didn't dislike it quite as much on a second viewing, but it's, what I dislike about this episode has nothing to do with what's going on with the Phillips family, what those characters are doing. I feel like everything is fine on that, and I just find the vampire part of this episode to be incredibly corny.
1: Yeah. So we're just going off the production listing that's on Wikipedia. They have this one right after fall. I'm not sure if that list is correct. Like I've never been positive, and I think it's a little odd because in this episode, there's a character named Pete. And then in fall, there's a character named Pete also. But yeah. I think it makes a little more sense because uh, at one point, Molly is talking about the song Origami and how she should put that on her set. And we haven't heard that yet. And that's coming up.
0: Well, you know, Pete's a pretty common name. so. And also,
2: there's a nice connection between this episode and fall through Gabe. During fall, Jack was away visiting Gabe, and now we hear a lot of Jack making phone calls to her and emailing her.
0: She's completely off screen this episode, but she plays a pretty big role nevertheless. Um, Yeah, do we actually have a source on where that idea of the production order came from? Is that just something somebody put up on Wikipedia, or is there some arcane Disney document that proves that (laughs) this was the literal production order?
1: You know, I don't know if we have a source. I've been meaning to just ask if this is the correct order or not.
0: Well, either way, this is the order we're going in, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Now, I guess we should talk a little about the plot synopsis for us this episode, which is about the dangers of online study groups.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, oh I'm God. sure that is the moral
2: of the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you you could definitely look at the episode as... Uh, a kind of, you know, a moral about the perils of the internet. So weird hasn't really done anything like that, which is interesting since the whole show was online. And at this point, the late 90s, early 2000s, when the internet was still a pretty new thing coming into people's homes, a lot of people's homes for the first time, there was, there was a lot of concerns about young people meeting weirdos and perverts on the internet. And I feel like this episode is almost, maybe, kind of. Reaching for something like that.
3: Sort of, but it also highlights the positives of the internet. I mean, there's like a two and a half minute montage of Fee talking to her friends over the internet, and they're all helping her figure out this problem, so... That's true.
0: Yeah, and one of those uh, friends is the kid from Tulpa, so that was another little continuity throwback there. Yeah, what was the name of the online study group? I know one of you guys must know it.
2: The OSSN.
0: O-S-S-N, okay. Yeah. As Fiona
2: calls it, the Obnoxious Sibling Study Network.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of this almost proto-social media thing where kids are coming together and forming study group chapters all over the country, and I guess the world is the implication. And Jack becomes interested in this, which doesn't seem out of character so much as just a little unusual. He doesn't... Jack has never seemed, like especially studious in the past, so it is a little interesting that they would do this with him instead of Fiona or one of the other characters.
2: No, I'm pretty sure it's been well-established that Fiona is more of the slacker C-student, whereas I think it mentioned that this is what helped Jack bring his grades up.
0: Well, either way, their school life, quote-unquote school life, has never been a big part of the show up to this point. And it's interesting that, you know, Ned is talked about in this episode, but you never actually see him.
2: Yeah, Irene's not in this one either. Yeah, they had the week
0: off. Yeah, well, anyway, obviously, as you can guess from the episode title, this online study group is run by vampires. And they are looking to recruit Jack and possibly the whole Phillips family into their undead circle.
2: (laughs) So Jack has to beg Molly for them to stop off to... See the ossn in person so that jack can become a full member because he dreams of starting his own chapter back home in hope springs which is really adorable i love how goal oriented jack is and he seems in earnest to believe in this group that they're doing such a good thing and he wants to be a part of that i love seeing jack like having his own interests and trying to do good in his own way
0: yeah, that, that is cute, but um, my an issue I have with this episode, and it's a troupe that comes up in fiction from time to time where a character is getting involved in some subculture or group that is obviously a bad influence or not good for them or something sinister is going on, and only, say, one or two people recognize that something weird is up, because these vampire kids, even before you know they're vampires, act like friggin' weirdos.
2: Well, their motto is, sleep when you're old. And they do make weird jokes, and the characters even say, wow, after seeing all you do, I'm starting to wonder, do you ever sleep, or I don't think you guys do sleep.
0: Yeah, they're super (laughs) off-putting.
2: Yeah, and then Pete, one of the vampires, is like, oh, after a while, you don't miss it. And then he gets in trouble by the big, bad, blondie vampire.
0: Yeah, um, Brent is that character's right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and yes. I think. does anybody know how to say that actor's last name? <laughs> David Paitko. Pa-
3: pa-
1: pa- I don't know.
0: Paitko? Co- Paito? I have no idea how you say that name, though. Uh, apparently, he was also in Final Destination 2. That's another Final Destination So Weird connection there. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the actor or just that character, but he is just one of the worst so weird villains I have to say because just every time he opens his mouth I just think oh my god this is so annoying
3: (laughs) wow that's interesting no when I was a kid I found him really scary I don't know if it was just him yelling all the time or what but something about him was deeply disturbing to me as a kid now as an adult not so much but I remember him from watching as a kid
0: Clearly, you have an aversion to young Aaron types, uh, Emily.
3: <laughs> uh, funny you just mentioned that,
2: because I I could always not help but feel like he looks like one of the Nazis from The Sound of Music.
3: Yeah, he looks <laughs> and like, that's like, a, what, like Liesl's yeah,
2: boyfriend.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, he does definitely have that kind of blonde, Nordic look. And uh, maybe that was intentional, I don't know. You know, blonde people are creepy, so, uh, you know... <laughs> Um, no, but, but I think
2: when he spoke in his actual voice, he did do a good job of being an off-putting mysterious character where you know what he's projecting on the surface isn't quite who he is, and that's what makes him creepy. What I did not like about his character was the, the voiceover. Voice?
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, I yeah. just came off as really cheesy to force, and it kind of took away from the moment for me.
1: And then they put that on the the girl vampires.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's what made yeah. me like. That, that was, was awful. <laughs> oh, why? Shut up, I broke a nail.
2: Yeah, that's the stupid <laughs> show. Worst line in so weird history. Yeah, they <laughs> were
0: obviously trying to incorporate some humor there, but boy, did it backfire. That just, uh, that's a little cringy by Modern Eyes. You know, it's very rare <laughs> that a season one, season two episode is so weird, kind of makes me go, oh man, this is a corny kid show I'm watching here. Uh, usually the show can avoid that pretty well, but this is one of the few ones from the first two seasons where I definitely go, oh man, I am uh, watching a <laughs> horny, cheese- cheesy kid <laughs> show here. Kid show. Jesus, I can't talk tonight. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and um-
2: After we meet the OSSN and Brent asks Molly to be the guest speaker for Jack's induction ceremony, Molly and Fee go off shopping and there's this really weird line that Brent says where he just sniffs her and he's like, Oh, you smell nice, sassy number six, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that is not okay, guys.
3: Uh- <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> and she does not seem to be nearly as weirded out as she should be by that.
2: No, she seems kind of weirded out. Like she doesn't respond. She just kind of gives them a look. And like honestly, I'd react the same way. Like if some random guy just smelled me and guessed my perfume,
3: mm, I'd probably at least tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, yeah. at the very least, and I feel like if Fiona was a little older, that guy would have been getting a face full of mace. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is a serious creeper move there. Uh,
1: and did, it is. And it not just, even supernatural creepy. Regular weird guy creepy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> did they just add that in to start the, the running gag joke? Or I don't know if it was mentioned in previous episodes. Sassy number
3: six. No, but it's mentioned again. You're right. I feel like it's mentioned before.
0: Wait, so that is so weird. So, I mean, not to drop the title there, but that is odd (laughs) that we know Fiona's perfume type. Like, we have that information.
1: (laughs) It's like a running gag for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, no, that is a super weird scene. And honestly, that scene where um, Brent says to Molly that he's such a huge fan of their music and he can know their song titles and everything, that was sort of weird, because it just seems odd that, I mean... We know in the past that the Phillips Kane band was very very popular but it does seem a little odd that somebody like outwardly that age would uh be like super invested in this band that's at least 10 20 years old at this point
1: yeah I think that's just part of his I don't know it's just one of those off-putting like why is he acting so fake type of scenes.
0: Yeah, and and Jack doesn't pick up on any of this. And, you know, maybe he's distracted by the sexy because there are two young women there who are coming on to him extremely hard. But um, uh, it's just, I feel like everybody should have kind of gotten out of there before they were taken down to the Doom Dungeon. You know, before all of that happened, they should have realized that these dudes are weirdos and they need to vacate the premises as quickly as possible. Mm,
2: I think Jack still had high hopes. And Molly didn't... Really pick up that anything was amiss. She thought that they were doing a really good thing, and she—I think she was also a little bit odd and like starstruck. Like, oh, they asked me to be a guest speaker, and she was too preoccupied with planning a speech to think too much about what was going on there.
0: I mean, maybe, but Molly's been doing this for a long time. You know, she is not una- unaccustomed to being in the spotlight. So, yeah, but as a singer,
2: mm. not a speaker, and she even makes <sighs> a point in the show.
0: Yeah, I, I guess. Now speaking of weird scenes, in this episode, the scene where where uh, Molly and Thea are in the changing room together, I, I don't know. I just uh, don't know how to feel about that. That just seems like kind of an <laughs> odd moment there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've I never can't. liked dressing room scenes where they're changing and talking, and uh, I don't know. I always feel odd. Like I
0: shouldn't. It have feels. This. It feels a little voyeuristic.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. That's interesting. I kind of do like it. I don't know. It's like we're getting glimpses at the men they do in their lives, like going and changing yeah. in the dressing rooms. Because, you know, they're always on They're on tour, so their life seems so cool. But at the same time, they – Stars, they're just like us, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I rather like the
1: scenes where they're, like, painting their toenails.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, they ever say the everyday stuff that they do.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. There's just something – a lot of parts of this episode feel just kind of off-putting to me in a way that is not intentional. And I think that scene is another one that strikes me that way.
2: The fact that Fiona has been mocking Jack for his interest in the OSSN gets visited by Pete, who warns her to keep Jack away from it and drops a vial of blood in the hallway after saying that he had to quit cold Turkey and then disappears when he hears Jack coming, tips F- F- off something weird is going on and she needs to find out what? So she suddenly does a 180, and instead of mocking Jack, asks if he would like sponsor her and if she could join the OSSN too, if he would like help tutor her, or whatever, so that she could get in. And he is so flattered, and he's like, Yeah, I'll help you. We'll do whatever it takes. And he's so proud of her, and it's such a cute little moment. And it makes me feel a little bit bad that she wasn't being earnest with him, even though he clearly thought she was. He was just doing it to sneak down into the induction party.
0: Yeah, and at yeah. that point Molly must be thinking, well, this is a cult and both of my children have been inducted.
2: <laughs> Except he's not at all. He's all, hey, come listen to my jokes, guys.
3: Yeah, um, I like that scene too.
0: I do like the scene where uh, Fiona wakes up and she or well, uh, Molly wakes up Fiona and she's falling asleep in front of her laptop. That, that was a, a really cute mother-daughter moment. I liked that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like to see Fee talking with people that she's um, met on the road in the past, but I think that scene drags on for too long. It's seriously two and a half minutes long of Fee researching. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see her talking to Candy and Ryan. And Candy is, of course, the only one typing in all caps <laughs> in chat. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, um, though that is kind of a problem media have had they still have not really figured out a way to make people researching stuff on the computer visually interesting. Like when you, it used to be it you needed a character to look up some obscure bit of lore. They could just go to the library and you know, that's more visually engaging somebody going for a building and getting out old books than somebody sitting at a desk or a laptop or what have you and typing and looking at something on a screen. And you know, especially around like the turn of the millennium when a lot of media was incorporating computers on the internet, and that way you can see these sort of dull montages of people looking stuff up on the internet. And like Mm -hmm. I said, they still haven't really fixed it. It's still a problem media has from time to time.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't know. I kind of like looking at these laptops and seeing what people have to say. It makes it feel almost authentic in a way.
3: Yeah. They're all typing very slow, though, so it gets on my nerves a little bit. (laughs) When you can see each letter pop up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not realistic.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, maybe not everybody there in the chat knew how to type, Emily. Maybe you had some uh, Hunter and Peckers there.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Remember, these kids haven't been typing their entire lives.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay, so it just bugs me that last act where the characters are very yeah, you can inactive. Get into it now. Yeah, and Jack <laughs> is saved by the angel that Gabe has given him and it just feels like kind of a dull denouncement. Like it like I guess the characters are very inactive and it just bugs me. I I like to see our heroes a little more. Like that's actually kind of a cool action beat when the elevator opens and the vampire immediately like waves his hands and puts Jack and Molly to sleep and Fiona's like diving underneath them and running. There's actually kind of a neat tracking shot there, but otherwise that last act is sort of a snore.
1: I don't know.
2: I think it looks really cool and cult-like the way they're like down in this dungeon with all these candles around. And I love that Brent like bomb drops this little story about how his father had to run him with Rick and that Rick made him go back to Romania so now Brent has a scrudge against the Phillips family. I really wish we got like a flashback or something to like Rick's days fighting vampires. That would be really cool.
1: Yeah, it seems so intense that Rick exposed someone as a vampire. and like, He
0: doxed them. the vampire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> forces going to I... go back to Romania. and In
2: this so weird universe... Like, when you go to the supermarket during the phillips ban era, if you would find magazines claiming, like, oh, phillips band member Rick Phillips chased a vampire to Romania, and it would be, like, one of those stories that nobody would believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, in the tabloid press, you'd have that on the World Weekly News and such. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I would love that.
0: Um, yeah, and that is, you know, I, I feel like at this point in the season there was this attempt to kind of try and tie every episode into the overarching mythology of the show. So you, you do get that little nugget about uh, Rick stays fighting vampires, apparently, which is interesting, and I agree with you, Kat. I wish they had gone into that more, because they sort of bring it up, and then don't mention it again, ever.
2: <laughs> a lot more interesting than those two vampire girls that are just sitting around the room with the, like, tranced Molly and Fee, going over their nails and their hair. <laughs> like, if all the things a vampire would do, why would you be concerned with looking pretty. It just seems so blah.
0: Well, you know, I think it was an attempt at a gag. They're like, oh, well, a teenage girl vampire is har-har-har, but no, it it really falls completely flat. It is a really dumb moment.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't like those two.
0: And we do learn a little bit about what the rules... You know, every time any movie or TV show does a vampire episode or plot, they have to cover what their version of the vampire rules are. So we learn here that Uh, garlic has no effect on these vampires. It would appear that most religious iconography has no effect on them just as a rule.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing that works is angel necklaces I guess.
0: Well, it seems to be that if they have if the emblem has some sort of personal significance to the person then it has a power but just holding up a cross will not affect them in any way and um, we don't know if they can like metamorphose or anything that was way outside of the budget for a Disney Channel show so <laughs> they, they can apparently I, do some sort of flying type thing
3: yeah
2: Bee's monologue at the end where she states I wonder why Gabe's necklace worked when nothing else did and she said that maybe it's not about the angel itself but about what it represents, how much Jack and Gabe love each other. And that the more she sees, the more she believes only love is stronger than evil.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's
2: a really strong theme of the show. And also
0: like
3: a theme of life. And I love it.
0: To quote Huey Lewis in the news, it's the power of love.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I, I like that. But what I don't like about that is that we see the vampire hanging out the window as if, it almost implies that the vampire, you know, he kind of helped out in the end, right? So his yeah love for Fee conquered evil or something. It's just I know I know that's not what the writer intended because we heard from him <laughs> that he didn't intend for that to be the implication, but that's what it reads like to me.
0: Yeah, there is like maybe a slight hint that Pete, who is sort of this virtuous vampire, he feels bad about drinking blood or something. Uh, I don't know if he has romantic interest in Fiona, but he does seem a little invested in her in a way that could possibly be read as romantic. And it is weird that he is hanging outside her window at the end of the episode.
2: So it bugs me a little bit about the ending, the way Thea, Molly, and Jack are all trying to look up the OSSN their website's gone, they made a call about the building they were in, and the building no longer rented, it's abandoned, and they can't find any trace of it whatsoever. For an organization that Jack earlier said has been built up, like, a year or two ago, and chapters are popping up everywhere, it's a little... Off-putting and not believable that they would all just vanish at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's very tidy. It, it strikes me as a "Hey, we got to wrap the story up in 22 minutes" element.
1: Yeah, and the way yeah. Molly and Jack, how they react to that is just like, oh, 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 well, like nothing that crazy happened. Like you had hopes the way and they, they were always react. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like Fee like she didn't even want to try to, you know, tell them what she knew.
0: Yeah, it's just another moment where Molly and Jack witness something objectively odd and unusual and probably blatantly supernatural and they just have to shrug it off and be eh, you know. these Dad. kids were really weird.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, but I what's... believe Molly and Fee not being that invested because I could believe that okay, the trains put them other put them under and their memories might be messed with or hazy or whatever. But Jack was alert. Jack saw that something definitely not normal was going on. And for him to just dismiss it later on as, oh, it's like they just went wacko on us. Like, I think wacko was an understatement.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say. Well, you know, Jack's got to be the Agent Scully. He's just got to be the skeptic always.
3: Now, I was just going to say that uh, we see in Thee's journal that she says she's not sure that they could have been vampires, but they could have just been really creepy kids. And I think it's interesting to see Fee kind of second guessing herself there.
0: I mean, sure, but like their eyes were glowing and they were talking in the <laughs> you know, the devil voice and the I don't know if Fiona saw them flying around or anything, but it's like they're really obviously vampires. There's no room for doubt <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then she wrote that they were doing our into six stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and that made me laugh because just the idea of you know, here in 2017, it's not uncommon for somebody to say like, oh, this, this online persona or personality is, you know, toxic or what have you. People are getting exposed all the time as creeps. And so now that line kind of reads like it, it just that's what it feels like now in a modern context.
1: Yeah. And then going back with Jack, what I always think is like, what did he think when he woke up from that trance? Or whatever, and you know, his shirt was open and he was in some basement with candles, and these two guys were just <laughs> over him. Like, what
3: What did he think was going on there? Oh, he's probably traumatized. God. You know,
0: I hadn't even thought about that, but now it's like, oh, okay, well, definitely, this is this organization <laughs> is some weird, creepy uh, sex thing. That's exactly what everybody <laughs> must be thinking. <laughs>
1: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so I, I, I really don't like this one. You know, like I said, I have I have no issue with the way the Phillips are treated as characters. I think everybody is pretty in character for the most part. Like I said, I think Jack's unerring enthusiasm for this is a little odd, but that stuff is fine. But I find the supernatural elements of this episode to just be super corny, and I think maybe outside of the show's reach. Like obviously they couldn't do any of the really elaborate vampire special effects because of the budget and they couldn't get into any of the things that people are actually interested with about vampires. The the bleed, you know, the blood and the sexual aspect because this is Disney Channel. So I just don't think vampires were a topic they should have covered. <laughs> they should have done ghost again or something. I don't know. Mothman. Something else.
1: <laughs> they wanted to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they knew that they couldn't really, you know try to go into the full vampire tropes and all that so they had to do it humorously slash humorous slash serious
0: yeah and and the humor in the episode really doesn't work so it's just yeah it's a bit of a fumble
3: (laughs) one of the lines I do find funny is when uh, Jack or Molly wakes up and she says what about my speech and Jack says it was great let's go (laughs) (laughs) yeah And I also love
2: how Jack kind of, like, pushes Molly and Fee into the elevator before him, and then he kind of just stands between them and the vampire. He's so
1: chivalrous. I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So do we have any more thoughts on this one at all?
1: A line that I really like that Fee says in the beginning when um, she's talking to Molly and Jack in the bus. Uh, Molly's saying something about being smart, and then she's like, maybe I'm smart in all the dumb ways. (laughs) yeah I like that Fiona's a character
2: who's obviously smart because she's inquisitive she does her research when things interest her but she doesn't get the best grades in her schoolwork, and she's not that invested in school I think that makes her a more realistic character
3: but it's hard to tell if it's that she's not invested in school or if it's in particular math because it seems like math is brought up a lot with her yeah so Yeah, but I I totally agree with you. I like that she struggles in school, but it's obvious that she's uh, a smart cookie in other
0: ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like that. I relate to that, Fiona, not being too hot with math. I can definitely relate to that. Um, Okay, so this was another Pat Williams directed episode. He did Strangeling Singularity Lost, his destiny coming up real soon. So there you go. And just uh, another thing, um, Ket Turton, who plays... Pete, the friendly vampire, uh, has had a pretty busy career. He's still acting. He's been in uh, a lot of movies and television. He was in one of the Blade films, so there's another vampire connection. He's done episodes of Supernatural and iZombie and The Flash, Jessica Jones. He, he was, was in one a, of my... He
1: hmm? was another vampire, I think, in iZombie. Oh, yeah. vampire
0: all right. <laughs> Um, yeah, Vampire Steve, that's what it says. And uh, he was in one of my favorite films from 2016, Todd Solonza's Wiener Dog. So he's he's been kicking around. He's an actor that you might have seen pop up in something over the years.
1: Yeah, I was going to continue with the episode. Um, oh, I like how in the beginning when Pete and, was it Brent? They're talking about the Phillips family, and then they say, like, oh, I wonder if Jack's more like his mother or more like his father. And then Mm -hmm. we get to see the Another World CD and inside of it. And then inside, like, oh, one of those, like, cool, not behind the scenes, but a cool picture that we don't see often of the Phillips King band.
3: Yeah, but who's that guy with Molly and Rick? Because it's not John Kane.
1: It's not John Kane, but I think it should be. Like, I think they just, something happened. They took those pictures earlier. (laughs)
0: yeah maybe they couldn't get a mackenzie gray for that photo shoot or whatever (laughs) so they just had somebody stand in for him
1: yeah it's like how there's two different ricks (laughs) yeah that too (laughs) i think that's it yeah oh i like the the intro the intro like the images are pretty scary i like the little history that fee talks about and the images are just really cool it's just totally different than the episode though
0: yeah, well, we do get a little uh, Bale Lugosi cameo there in the beginning. And as a classic horror nerd, I do appreciate that. So, um,
2: yeah, anybody... the mention of Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. It made me really interested in it. And I remember being like 9 or 10 years old, and there was a documentary on the History Channel about Vlad the Impaler. And I was like, oh, he's the vampire. So I watched it, and it was deeply disturbing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the details of the impaling might have been a little too much for yeah. how old did you say you were? Like nine? Yeah. About yeah. Okay. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, though they say is they say Tepish weird. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, supposed to be the actual Romanian pronunciation, but it. I don't know. I don't remember how Fiona said it, but you said it very strange.
3: Like
1: sebas or something like that.
0: Yeah, it was odd. I don't know. Uh, I I my Turkish is rusty, so maybe that's the actual <laughs> way you pronounce it, but. Um, yeah. Any other final thoughts on, on this one? I'm giving this one a uh, five, which honestly is maybe a little high, but.
3: <laughs> um, I was just going to mention one more thing. Can I do that real quick? It's just a oh, yeah. tiny thing. Okay. So at the beginning when, um, Jack, jo- uh, Jack is kind of spouting all this great stuff about the OSSN fee is being all snarky and stuff. And she says, we're going to have to deprogram him before he starts saying gosh and eating white bread. And, uh, hearing that now, it reminds me of Bangle Bye in season three, yeah. <laughs> she's making a joke, but that's kind of what happens to him in season three in Bengal hmm.
0: Oh man. Wow. Yeah, that is true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really not good episode in my opinion. But anyway, <laughs> I was just going to say something about the director for this one too, or the writer. Hmm. Um, so Jay Bryant, a while back, commented on a So Weird review on YouTube and uh, we noticed that on the forum. So we talked about it back then and I just found the thread again. Uh, so I just wanted to say what he his comments said uh, and read it to you all. He said, I wrote the vampire episode and that character, meaning Pete and Fee, definitely had a mutual attraction. It's been a while since I've seen or thought about it, but I believe we intended his appearance at the bus bus window as a sort of farewell look at his crush. Of course, one could find that to be creepy as well, I suppose, but it wasn't intended to suggest that Fee was in danger from him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't mean for it to be that way, but...
0: uh, (laughs) Well, I definitely don't get the impression that Fiona is interested in him in any way. I I get the impression that he maybe is interested in her, but not the other way around.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I don't mm-hmm. think he's into him at all. <laughs> no. But it's funny
2: because everybody picks up that he's into her, even Jack.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. So, So. yeah, like I said, I, I would, uh, in my old review, I gave this a 5, which is maybe a little high. I don't know. Maybe a 4.5 is a little fairer for this one. <laughs> um, I
2: don't know. I would say this one's like a 6.5. It loses points for me because I hate the voiceover and the vampires are really cheesy, but I do love the nerdy Jack side that we're seeing. I love the backstory with Rick fighting the vampires and I do really enjoy the cult like atmosphere of it. So I like it overall, but it's not one of the strongest episodes of the series.
1: Okay, Kathy? Uh, 4.5. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's, I don't know, is that my lowest so far? Um, yeah, it just, no, nothing. Nothing about this I like, really.
3: Uh, I give this one thumbs down. It's (laughs) not bad enough to get the two thumbs down rating, but it's definitely not good. Um, I mean, I really like the stuff with the Phillips family, like the scenes with them interacting, but as I said at the beginning of the episode, the vampires are, it's just such a boring take on vampires. And, um, yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> but a little okay. bit of points for
1: the potential, like, backstory stuff about Rick. That's it, though. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: you know, if anybody, if any industrious fan gets around to, like, drawing a so weird sequel, prequel, comic book thing, there's some grist there hmm. for story potential.
1: Also, uh something I wanted to ask. um, So, like, what was the OSS and... Plan. I think they said that they wanted to control, like, everyone's thoughts or something. Did anyone yeah, pay attention? I yeah, I,
0: I have no idea. They, they want to take over the world, Kathy. Yeah.
1: I
3: think that was about it. Have their own
1: internet. Yes. They
3: said they were even going to change the internet, which was so 90s. Uh, they're
0: going to have their own vampire darknet. They're going to be down there trading bitcoins. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, do we have any um feedback or anything? Uh, I know I I the other the episode just went up yesterday, so I guess probably not, but anything
1: at all? No, actually. No okay. Feedback. Again, yeah, my fault for doing all the sleep. No, no it's, it's fine. Thank
3: you.
0: Um oh, well, anything else we want to discuss why we're here um
1: Oh, has there been any other news about reboots?
0: <laughs> <laughs> any any new announcements this week about something getting rebooted? Um, Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to listen to the fall episode just yet. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this was. But, um, you know, first off, hearing that Disney is doing their own streaming service did not shock me in any way because uh, I think Emily said as much in the chat or something about how Uh, Disney is probably one of the few networks or corporations or what-have-you studios that could really support their own streaming library because they have, you know, hundreds of movies and a lot of television stuff they could pull from. Though apparently Netflix will be keeping the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. Uh, I think
1: they'll be keeping the shows that that they actually made. Yeah,
0: like like the Marvel superhero, yeah. the, the hour-long dramas. Yeah, Netflix is going to keep those. Um, and I don't know, you know, it certainly seems like if there is ever any chance in hell of So Weird getting a digital release that this is the best shot because they're going to have a lot of hours they're going to need to fill. And it would certainly make sense to me to dig back into the archives and maybe put up stuff that, like this show, I mean, I know like the next day they announced, they apparently teased at the very least a potential bug juice reboot and that was at the same time so weird so who knows i mean i wouldn't pretend to know for a minute what disney has planned but it would just seem to me that it would be industrious to maybe it would it would make sense to dig up a show like this or fast forward or other stuff from this history this part of the disney channel history that has maybe not been seen in any official capacity in a long time
3: let's hope so uh i'd love to see it in high quality in the highest quality possible um, and, you know, when you think about it, the streaming service is really perf- perfect for Disney because they can take shows off and put them back on whenever they want, just like their movies and the Disney vault, you know, so it goes hand in hand, really.
0: Yeah, but, but like I said, I wouldn't presume to know what Disney would do. And let's face it, it'll it'll probably just be, you know, hours of that So Raven or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would rather they were maybe going to have some ESPN stuff on the streaming service as well, which strikes me as super weird that you could have, like, you know, Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse streaming on the same website with Sports Center. That's just super strange to me, but...
3: I think it's going to be two separate ones, which means you may have to buy two separate subscriptions, which oh, is... Oh, they,
0: they, they are going to milk us for all we've got.
3: <laughs> I know. Um, so, if it uh, you know, when this comes out, are you all going to subscribe? What do you think?
1: Oh, I'm course.
3: So <laughs> no sense in
1: otherwise. Usually, if um, you know, if a show's on like Netflix or something like that, someone downloads it and then they put it somewhere else, and that's how I will get it.
0: Uh, you you dirty pirate Uh, (laughs) uh, you know I don't know I I really don't subscribe to many streaming things I think the only one I actually have right now is Shudder which is a a horror streaming service Um, if they have so weird I'll definitely definitely subscribe and there's maybe one or two other things they could dig up like maybe some of the more obscure Disney Channel movies like you know uh, Under Wraps is way out of print and Maybe you know. Maybe if they had more stuff from like that era, I might potentially give it a shot for a while. Anyway, but I don't know. I'd, I'd have to say it depends on the price too.
3: Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty high. I
1: <sighs> said, "There's, uh, there's Netflix already. Some people have HBO. Yeah, uh, Directv. It's just like, I guess for the people that have money, they could do it. But now I'm kind of like sad that." You know, regular cable, they should put more stuff on there.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we are reaching that point where I think eventually it's going to hit a breaking point where every network, every studio wants their own streaming service. And eventually the buyers are going to put their hands up and say, we can't afford anymore, you know, Uh, because like the big ones right now are Netflix and Amazon. Hulu is still hanging on. I don't know how big they are. Um, HBO is making a solid go for it. They've got Game of Thrones, which is huge. Um, I don't watch that show, but lots and lots of people love it. Um, And, um, and, you know, CBS is talking about CBS is going to launch their own streaming service with a new Star Trek show. Uh, Warner brothers have talked about launching their own streaming service. Now Disney is doing this. And I think eventually everybody's wallets are just going to be stretched too thin. uh, And there's going to be a bit of a, I, I think a collapse is forthcoming. A lot of these, startups will not last very long. And in the future, I think in 10, 15 years, it's going to be Netflix and Amazon. I think that's probably it.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that Disney tough though. I mean, they're Disney. They have super fans who will do anything and buy anything. So that's true. I mean, I maybe think they'll be okay.
0: Like I said, I think Disney is one of the few studios that could really justify having a streaming service, unlike CBS or Warner brothers. But I, I don't know. I think, you know, it it's just, like I said, people are eventually going to reach a point where they can't pay for any more streaming services. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops.
2: I think uh, there's no sense in speculating. We know that there's going to be a Disney streaming service. We don't know what they're going to put on it yet, but we should all not give up on So Weird and keep <laughs> bugging the crap out of them until they finally release it. What, oh, yeah, yeah. And
3: guess what I realized? What? It's coming out in 2019, which will be the 20-year anniversary of So Weird. Oh, God. <laughs> Perfect timing.
0: Oh, no. Uh, just That makes me feel ancient. I, I feel old as dirt, you guys. Thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it doesn't make you excited? Like, 20-year tw- anniversary? Come on. I <coughs> have to put it on there.
0: You no, know
3: – I'm not going to say they have to because they won't, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I, I, at this point, I I gave up a long time ago in Disney ever acknowledging the show. But um, mostly just the thought that this TV show is almost 20 years old just makes me feel like an old, old, decrepit man. Where is my walker? Get me my Butterworth's (laughs) chocolate. I'm just uh, put me to bed. (laughs) Okay. anything else we want to bring up?
3: DuckTales is back, but I never got into that. I just thought I'd mention that. Cause...
0: Yeah, is anybody watching that? Is that any good?
1: No, no? I'm not sure what that is.
0: <laughs> you what, what? Okay, wait, wait. You don't know what DuckTales is? Yeah, the cartoon with Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck and Huey Doo and Louie?
1: Okay, so I didn't watch much TV. Okay, no.
0: Uh, oh, man, I, I, I just... I mean, I mean, you know, the thing with Ducktales. I was a Darkwing Duck kid. Um, I did watch Ducktales. I haven't watched the new one yet. I'll give it a look. People seem to really like it, from what I've read. But uh, yeah, I know, I know, the internet's boyfriend, David Tennant, is our new D- Uncle Scrooge. So that's interesting.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I'm a Doctor Who fan, and the Tenth Doctor is my favorite. But that does not mean that I'll be watching Ducktales. I mean, I get what. People like it. I'm not too into cartoons. That's it really. So
0: I love the theme song. I got to tell you that the DuckTales theme song has been stuck in my head for uh, 20, 20, 30 years at this point, probably. But um, yeah. OK, so anything else we want to talk about at all? Any anything, any thoughts, words?
3: <laughs> We're just making more for uh, Kathy to edit. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we yeah. should cut
0: it off then. We don't. We don't want to <laughs> put strain on on our poor poor host here. So. All right. This has been the So Weird podcast. I'm Zach.
1: I'm
3: Kathy. I'm Emily, and I'm Kat.
0: And that's the end of this episode. Watch out for vampires. Keep the faith.
3: I'm Disney